hello, hello. Hello. Welcome out to Wildly Querious. Welcome back to Wildly Querious. Apparently when I'm on microphones, I'm used to saying, hey, welcome out tonight. What is it? Were you like a DJ at some point? I was in a band at some point. Oh, that makes sense. Something's making some weird noises. Do you like a crackling noise? Yeah. Wait. No. Whatever. No. Uh, if you hear crackling noises, that's just part of the program. That's our our special code. Sound effects. Sound effects. So, uh, so much has happened. Uh, we know we're about a week late. We're sorry about that. Um, Maybe we should just stop saying we're late and then it's just a surprise. Oh, surprise. There's yeah. a new episode out. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, I don't know. That just pretend like everything's fine. Maybe this is only on TV shows, but I feel like you always hear about like, oh, so-and-so could be dropping a new record any minute. Or like, you know, there's like that element of like, ooh, something big's going to happen, but we don't know when. <laughs> maybe maybe we just need to be commit to being those people because we we really seem to struggle to have a schedule and to pre-plan for like when we are out of town and when we're busy. And I mean, even just the past couple days of wanting and trying to podcast has been a little chaotic. challenging. And then yesterday I felt like tearing the studio apart and, and redoing it, but that wasn't, I feel like that's been a three day long project for you. I got tired halfway through. I've been tired ever since we got back from Europe. Yes. And so I'm like, I start the day like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I got so much energy. And then by like one, I'm like, why are we in bed? It's like 10 o'clock PM right now. Like, Yeah. I feel that. I don't know. I think the, um, I think I've adjusted from the, time difference I, I think i think i have to i think i'm back to waking up at a normal time in the morning now but i think it's just i don't know it's i don't know because i feel that too where i mean yesterday was like a really crazy day but even today where it's been a little more chill i find myself by like one being like i have no motivation to do anything yeah anymore um so although i didn't take any adderall or anything today either so well maybe that's it it could be i don't I don't know. It's I don't know. So hard to like go and be doing all the things we're doing. And so, speaking of things we've been doing, <clears throat> let's fill everyone in on what we've been doing the past uh, couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell them? Well, we went to Europe. I think that was a oh yeah. Thing that's that you kind, led that's with. kind of that's kind of vague. <laughs> I mean, we went to London. We did. We flew to London. We saw a lot of pride flags. Oh my gosh, on Regent Street by Oxford Circus, there was... Which, if people don't know where that is or what that is or what that means, what would you, how would you explain it? Like, okay. is there a U.S. equivalent? And I don't actually know this. Like, is it like Times Square? Uh, no, I would okay. say Piccadilly Circus is like Times Square and Piccadilly Circus definitely is not far from Oxford Circus and St. Regent Street. And none of these places are actual circuses, <laughs> which I was a little disappointed the first time we went that it was just like shopping. As a circus person, you were yes. quite offended. Yeah, I'm a little upset that there's this misleading. May, this may be this may be um, this may this may predate you a little bit, but I want to say, um, oh, was it Wayne's World? Where they went to Piccadilly Circus and Garth was like, wow, this is a shitty circus. So that was your experience a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But so again. So anyways, so the equivalent, um, 
you go up the street from Piccadilly Circus, which Piccadilly is like a big tourist thing, and and uh, but you go up the streets, and the equivalent, I guess, um, it's where the bougie shops. Well, not the super bougie. That's over by like Harrods and uh, South Kensington, but nice shops. Uh, the equivalent, if you know Chicago, would be like Miracle Mile. If you know New York, it would be like. <sighs> Fifth Avenue a little bit, maybe. It's just a, <clears throat> there's a lot of nice shops. Mm-hmm. There is, um, it's it's slightly less touristy up at Oxford versus Piccadilly. Because um, it's it's just shops. Like you go there, it's, 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 it's shopping and it's nice and it's beautiful. Um, but the entire street, St. Regent Street, which does connect from, from Piccadilly Circus all the way up to Oxford. And then it kept going. Like it just it just kept going. And it so it kind of curves around. So yeah. like we get we get there um, and we see some flags, banners of flags, like five or six flags attached to a string connected from one side of the road to the other. Yeah, like five or six across. And then and like we see rows and rows and rows. When we see as we're walking up, we're like, oh, that's cool. They put a couple of these by the entrance. And then like 100 feet later was another set of five massive, I mean, massive flags. Um, They're pretty big. They're the si- they were the size of cars, at least. And um, we're like, oh, that's cool. And then we turn the corner and then we realized it spans the whole down the whole street, the whole street, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flags the the um the oh, i forget what i forget what they're called they're the pride flags that include like um the representation of people of color intersex color you have the triangle that kind of cuts into the flag and that kind of took me aback a little bit like i know london is a progressive city mm-hmm. i know um I know I feel safe everywhere I go in in London. There's no questions there. Um, but to be that bold, that their major thoroughfare, and not just a major thoroughfare, but a major thoroughfare where there's tons of tourists. Yeah, because Christmas time is when it's all lit up. It's like angels Christmas, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, man, I I I was kind of floored. Because they wanted it known that this on this street, yeah, I, I I I honestly was lost for words. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was really it was cool. unexpected. It was unexpected, and I think it was unexpected just because coming from the U.S., um, we don't see that a lot. No, anywhere. Yes, correct. I mean, like not to that degree. Like yeah. businesses have a flag or houses or whatever, yeah, but that's true. That's true. Unless I think it's like the actual pride where you have, you know, people who are kind of putting up things versus like something that's sanctioned by the city where people where like the city's putting something up. Yeah. So. So we were in London. How long were we in London for? Just a day, right? A day and a half. Day and a half. So we fly anytime uh, we've gone to. Um, where we're going to tell you about next, we fly into London because we live in Denver. A, you're acting like it's a huge secret. Well, I want to talk about it separately. Okay. <laughs> you so, could just say anytime we fly to London. Well, anytime we've, uh, whatever. We fly, um, we tend to fly into London because there's an easy flight from Denver to London. And uh, it's just a really easy flight. It's a really nice plane. And 
it's great because it kind of breaks up the trip. And then from there, uh, from London, we typically take the train uh, to go down into France. And we did that this time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about France? Well, so we went for Pride, Disney Pride. Disney Pride. But it was interesting, though, too, because, you know, when we got there a couple days before the Pride night, there were still, like, some of the businesses in there, like, downtown Disney area. Disney Village, that's what they call it. Disney Village, yeah, yeah. They, they had, like, some pride flags and stuff, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, they've got pride flags and stuff. But then the night of the actual event, like, their Disney Village area, just their, like, shopping and dining area that you, like, walk through if you're at the hotels or whatever, that was, like, totally decked out for the night, too. There was. and there Which was, was surprising, because I figured, you know, oh, it's one thing for it to be in the park, but then it actually, like, extends out of the park as well. There was like projections and things like on the on the walls that say, you know, like love and inclusion and, and, and all pride. That. And, and pride. then there were flags and it was it was nice. it was really, really well done. And we are definitely the people that um, we've been to Paris. We've been to the city of like in, in, the, in the city of Paris before. And it's nice. Don't don't get me wrong. It's nice. But we really enjoy Disney, <laughs> which probably makes us weird that, oh, we, you guys went to Paris? How was it? It was fantastic. Did you go to the Lou? And uh, no, we just went to Disneyland. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's right. We went to Paris Pride. This was our second Pride we've gone to in France. This was the, the trip that didn't happen because of COVID. This was a trip that didn't happen because of COVID. We went to the very first officially sanctioned Disney Pride night in, in 2019. Yes. And we were all set to go 2020. I mean, not all set because when things stopped happening was like February. So we hadn't necessarily like... We had tickets. Yeah, but not to the night. Mm, okay. Just like, I think maybe we had plane tickets or something. Okay. Um, but then it got canceled. And it was funny because I was like, you know, we're all kind of wondering, oh, what's going to happen? How long is this going to last? And I had just sent my passport out to be renewed. Right. And so I was like, oh, God, what's <laughs> if we even can go on this trip, am I going to have a passport? Oh like, and right. that I think would have been hilarious if like world shuts down for a couple months and then it opens back up and it's like, oh, I can't go on this trip anyway because I don't have a passport. But that ended up not being an issue because we couldn't go anyway. It was a little bit longer than a couple months yeah. that we were uh, locked down for. But when the passport place opened again, I got mine lickety split. Which was good. So that was nice. So we went to we went to Paris Pride and or to Disney Pride and at Disneyland Paris and it was magical. I did a lot better than last time. Mm -hmm. First time we went, we bought brand new shoes. And they're brand new vans and vans are notorious for not having arch support. And I, I maybe, maybe, the, you that, need maybe that dates me a little bit that I care about things like arch support, but let me tell you the difference. This time I went in shoes that hard arch support and I was like, let's keep going. Let's go all night. <laughs> Where last time, uh, wearing brand new vans I'd never wore before, like after like a hundred feet, I was like, my feet, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to sit on this bench right here and do nothing. Uh, but I was a lot better this yeah. time around. Yeah, it was good. And it was bigger too. I feel like there were a lot more people there. Yeah. This time versus last time. And they had like their own specific merch for Pride Night. Yeah. Separate from like the Pride collection that yeah. Disney has. Yep. So that was nice. And this is what was what I thought was really interesting was 
you know, you were waiting for the parade to start and you were like holding our spots. Mm -hmm. And I, while we were waiting, went in line to go get us the pride shirts. And so I'm waiting in line, you know, and if we were in California or Florida and there was a special merchandise for one of these events, they would be gone in two seconds. Yeah. And, you know, people would be buying multiple, multiple of like whatever it is, you know, and. It's so funny because Disney puts a maximum of like eight items per person. And I'm like, that's still a lot of items. Yeah. Who needs eight? Right. Um, you know, so I was standing in line and they had a, I don't know what kind of, if I were to think of like, if you were to go out someplace and they had like ice cream in a large like freezer on the ground, it kind of looked like that where they kept a lot of the shirts in. Okay. Um, it's just a container of some sort, but whatever. And there was a cast member who's like, you know handing out the shirts and everyone was literally just taking one everybody just took one for themselves just like one as opposed to buying tons so they can sell them later on ebay or something right right like it was they they just took what they needed yeah and it wasn't and i don't even feel like the guy was necessarily there to like monitor people taking things i think it was like he knew where the sizes were he knew how it was organized and they had carts around the park yeah. for you to buy it. So it wasn't like you just go into the main store and everything is there. So there were multiple occasions, but it was, you know, I was standing in line and I was like, Oh dang, like I need two. Am I, is it going to be weird that I ask for two? <laughs> like we're both here. You're just not in line with me. Yeah. Like everybody else is just getting one. So, and I went up and I was able to get my two, no big deal, but it's just such a different version of like consumerism. Yeah. And like all of the merch, anybody just took one. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. I felt like there was a lot more courtesy mm -hmm. there in front in time in terms of the people that go and how they act. It's a very European thing. They're not gluttonous. They're not hedonist. They're like, well, I'll be respectful to you as a person, and I'll, mm -hmm. you know, do this thing. Um, but we got we got our merchandise, which was great. Yes, I was I was so stressed about that, but that's because America. <laughs> Now I know I don't have to like stress about it and it's not a big deal. So the first thing, the way, the way they, they kick off pride night is with the parade, which I would, I, I don't want to make this choppy, but I kind of feel like I need to. Okay. Because we intentionally, but also because of how our travel worked out, missed Disneyland Anaheim's pride. Yeah. We're going to talk about that one for sure. And we you didn't know. know. We didn't know. No, by, we didn't. By they, the time we, we bought we bought the pride tickets, we bought our flights. Yes. And then we heard that Disneyland was having an official pride. And it was like two days before we were supposed to leave. And yeah. it was like we can't add on more travel on top of what we were doing already. You know, the travel. And that was travel in the wrong direction. Yeah. Too. Whereas at least maybe if it was Florida that could have we could have done that a little easier and maybe that would help with the jet lag, because that jet lag kicked our butts. But um, so they had theirs and, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to be great. Like, I'm so, I'm so bummed to miss it. You know, and I really wanted to like support the park and stuff. Cause Disneyland is our park. Disneyland yeah, is our home park. It is. it is. And this was their first ever, you know, yeah. official pride. And, um, I saw videos of it online and they did not have a parade. They oh. had, they had a cavalcade. What's a cavalcade? A short parade. Okay. I don't know what the requirement is to be a parade, like to consider a parade a parade, but they had- it's like a circus to be a circus. They had like a couple of floats 
and then a couple characters walking around. Okay. The floats. So, I mean, absolutely not. And if you went to Disney during COVID, like very similar to how they did their cavalcades where yeah. it's just like, Here's you a float know, and some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that, but I think there were like two floats. I think I'm a little disappointed to hear that because the parade in Paris. Yes, and this is why I feel like yeah. I, we need to be a little choppy is yeah. because there's a direct comparison here. Yeah. So that was, and the music was the same. Which I was like pleasantly surprised. Okay. But that was the Disneyland Anaheim parade. Okay. Was that. The non-parade parade. Yes. Okay. Yes. It was like we're, I felt like they were still dipping their toes into. How out there can we be? Or not even that, but I just think like, and again, I didn't go. So I can't give like a direct comparison on the whole night. Yeah. But I, I almost wonder if that was their way of like saying we don't really know what to do so we're gonna do this and we'll see what happens okay you know and there's room to improve i don't know i feel like they maybe just took a baby step okay right whereas i feel like even in 2019 when we went to paris pride they had jumped in the deep end yeah they were we're here we're here and this year they were even that deep end got twice as deep so tell us about the parade well, you could tell us about the parade. Okay, fine. We could both tell them about the parade. So the start of the night, and this, this was a little weird for us. Uh, it's so much further north than we are used to that it doesn't get dark there until like 1030 or 11. Really dark there until But 10. it does make it easier to stay up. It does make it easier to stay up. And so the night officially starts at like 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And it always starts with a parade. and the Well, they started with like a opening ceremony where there's like characters on stage oh, and, and confetti cannons and stuff like that yeah. yeah and then you have like some sort of host person who opens up the event and yeah. whatever we we could kind of hear it we could see it on the screen but there wasn't audio and i was a little bummed that they didn't have audio because as i'm waiting in line for our shirts i can see this happening on the screen yeah but there's no audio yeah. and i'm like oh it would have been nice to hear that yeah so you had like mickey and minnie up on stage and they're like welcome and stuff like that and then there is a parade. In the parade, it is absolutely Disney characters. Mm-hmm. Tons. Uh, they have floats. Tons. And this parade was like 40 minutes. This parade was 40 minutes. It was so long. But all, honestly, I feel like if you were to go to a pride event, and I just am maybe thinking of this now, but if yeah, you were to go to be, a pride event in your city, yeah. it would have felt like that. Versus a typical Disney parade. So this is what I think is is really touched me and kind of, I admit, I, towards the end, I was like, this, this is getting a little long. Um, the parade, how do you fill up 40 minutes of parade with Mickey and floats? You don't. You fill it up with cast. And this is what the Pride Parade in, in Disney Paris was. It was every single cast member who wanted to be in that parade and celebrate pride was in that parade and celebrated pride. And they, they moved in sections of like 20 or 30 people. And at the front of every section was someone who was probably like a real parade dancer or something like that, that was doing the moves and everyone behind them was just kind of following along and, and mimicking. And it definitely looked like they practiced. It definitely looked like they all put work into it, put work into it. Well, and they were, so essentially, you know, they had one section consisted of two different groups of cast members. Yeah. And 
you know, the song is only so long that they play at these parades. So it gets to a point they stop. They like have a moment and then they keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not necessarily your continuous parade, but you know, there's there's some breaks and stuff. But so they had groups of cast members for every color in the flag, including yeah. the brown and black black and, and pink and white. Yeah. Like all all of that. Yeah. So think about the amount of colors in the flag. Mm-hmm. And then multiply that by at least the two different groups that you would see go past. Mm-hmm. And then all the characters. Yep. And you get 40 minutes worth of fun. And so that that's, I think, what impressed me most is this parade, hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand total like cast members were in this parade. And much more than 2019. Much more than Easily 2019. 2019 double, was, if not more. Yeah, exactly. 2019 parade was over in about 10 or 15 minutes. Boy George was in it, so there's got they still got that going for him. But but it felt like a typical parade. Yeah, this one, and I felt a little guilty at the end, being like this is a little long because it was every single cast member who wanted to be in that parade and there for pride went. And, and a lot of them, I feel like, definitely identified within the community. Oh, is, I would, I would argue the vast, vast, vast majority. Um, some more obviously so than others. Yeah, and I think what dawned on me during that parade and this Pride Night was, and maybe this is where Disney missed it, Disneyland missed it. The Pride Night, I got this distinct impression, wasn't for us. I think Disney Paris's Pride Night was for the cast. I think it was their their way, Disney Disney's way of saying, you know what, we see you and we want you to feel welcome here and celebrated. And that's why we're going to let you be in our parades. And that's why we want you to be in our parades. And seriously, cast was all over the place in that parade. And I think that that really kind of inspired me seeing that. And what an opportunity that could have been at Disneyland now knowing that. Which would have been a great opportunity for them a great to, opportunity to recognize the cast that worked there especially because i don't i don't know what the cast has faced at disneyland paris as far as treatment from guests yeah um i know they're striking on and off right now because they want more money because of inflation so they've got that going on but i don't know that they have faced and i would guess that they probably haven't faced as much harassment and abuse from guests post COVID as no, Anaheim a, and Florida. Again, have. it's a more courteous population there. So it would have been nice for to have a moment where the people who were at that event could, you know, celebrate themselves and their community, but also celebrate cast members. Yeah. I think that is definitely a missed opportunity. Although I did see um, that Disneyland had, you know, cast members officially at the Anaheim Pride Parade. Pride Parade. Okay. This. Yesterday, I think it was. Okay. So they had their first ever like official involvement in Anaheim Pride. That's awesome. Yeah. They had like the balloons and stuff and everything. That's awesome. And something, there was a sign that said like cast members are magical. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Still, I think a missed opportunity for Disneyland parks. Let your, let your queer cast be in there. And, and, and why I think is so important because I don't know if you know this, but back in the day, Disneyland, not even that, that long ago. Disneyland, you had to fit a certain mold to work there. Uh, even just for the people who work in attractions or food, couldn't have facial hair, couldn't be 
anything other than a than a what they build is the appropriate sized individual. No piercings, no tattoos. No piercings, no tattoos. Um, short crew cut hair almost for um, guys that work there. Um, the uniforms themselves are incredibly um, gendered. <laughs> I mean, they still are. They still are to a point, but you definitely had to wear the uniform that whatever biological sex or whatever you had to conform to that. And I want to say this was up to like 2010 or 2015. They were still kind of imposing these standards. And so, so for, so for so long, they reinforced with the cast of you have to fit this particular mold to work here. And then it changed. And then, and now I see trans people all the time working at, Working at Disneyland, I, I see, I saw that too in Paris actually, and that was kind of cool. Was uh, the cast members for the Paris Pride tend to put on a lot of makeup and, and really cool looking, like really cool looking stuff on their faces. Mm-hmm. They and went all out. They did go all out, and a lot of them had these. Um, God, I don't. It wasn't makeup. It was like like these bright things, like just, jewels, jewels, like stuck on their faces, and. The couple days we were there, we would see cast members every now and then like rocking that on their face. And we're like, oh. Well, it was before the event that we saw it. I thought we saw it the day before, too. I don't think so. I don't know. I may not have been paying attention. Either way, but definitely day of, we saw these casts that were rocking that. And we were like, yeah, that's that's going to be cool. And then they were all in the parades. Yeah. Which was fantastic. So, But I think also, too, the demographic of the night the people who went to Paris Pride versus the people who went to Disney Pride. And again, I don't know this because I didn't go to Disneyland Pride. We will be there next year. Yes, we will. But I have been to enough Disneyland events to be able to say that sometimes, and they have all these, like, they're themed after dark events. Like Pixar Night or... Pixar Night. Princess throwback, Night. Throwback Night I want to go to next year. Throwback Night was so great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. We're going to have matching outfits if you... If you go with me, yeah, absolutely. Mouseketeers okay. or whatever Annette Funicello would wear, like the red skirts and the yeah, yeah. Um, so there are absolutely people who go to those events because they love the theme, yeah, right. And they dress up, and it's all about like the theme. It's fun. And then there's people who go, I think, just because it's an opportunity to go that's maybe a little cheaper, less crowds. Like they're taking advantage of, I think, you know, what it is, mm-hmm. the event, right? So like if you were to go to Sweetheart's Night, you know, you and your significant other. But I guarantee you there's going to be kids there. There's going to be, you know, right. people who maybe don't have kids. Like single, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's just a gamut of people. And um, this event was very clearly like 99% adults. The Pride one at Disneyland. Pride one at Paris. Oh, Paris, yeah. Was yeah predominantly I think I saw adults, maybe like one or two kids. Yeah, and it was predominantly. It felt like queer community. Yeah, you know, you could see people with their partners. You yeah. could see, you know, people who were dressed up, and it felt very authentic, and mm-hmm. it felt very much so like they were coming, you know, because this was an event that included them, that was for them. Yeah. And it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was full of people who did not belong to that community. Yeah. You know? And I think that was a huge difference because I could totally see so many people who 
would say, oh, I'm an ally. I'm going to go to Pride Night. Yeah. And I struggle with that a little bit. And not that like, you know, allies couldn't go, but I definitely saw, you know, as I'm looking at videos online before our trip, I saw someone who was like, oh, I'm at Pride Night and I'm an ally and I support all my friends. And I'm like, well, where are your friends? Like, are you there with your friends? Yeah. Um, And then I saw somebody else who like, you know, I follow and she was there and I was like, ah, like, what are you doing there? And then like later she posted a video that she went with like some of her queer friends. So I'm like, okay, like that's cool. You know, you're with people. Yeah. But I don't know. It's I, and I feel like that maybe kind of cheapens it a little bit. It, I think it misses the point of pride. And I've, I've been thinking about this since you and I talked about it. We talked about like, uh, I think we joked about you need to show your gay card in order to get into one of these events. And I mean, I'll, that <laughs> Don't go deep on that. Don't don't go don't think deeply on that. Just on the lighthearted passing service. Yeah, that would be cool if there was a gay card so you can get into like queer spaces. Um don't think deeply on that one. It was just high level funny. Okay. Uh but pride is about existing where you're not allowed to exist. And so every time I hear and the question of ally has really been on my mind a lot lately. And what does it mean to be an ally? And allies never suffered the way the queer community suffered. Though you could argue to a, that to a certain extent, there are those queer adjacent allies where we're talking about, this is like your parents of your trans kids yeah, who are definitely in the thick of their own suffering. That is, you know, yes. As a result of being so close to someone. So maybe we're not talking about those people. Yeah, we're not talking. Yeah. Or you're not talking about those people. I'm not talking about those people. If you're a parent of a queer kid and you show up at Pride Night, just that to me is just a reflection of love for your child and what they've experienced and what they're going to experience. No problems there at all. None. In fact, I, I think that's fucking awesome. Um, what I'm talking about is all these people who consider themselves cool and aware and, oh, so I'm an ally of the trans community or I'm an ally of the queer community. And it's like, really? When was the last time you had a rock thrown at your head for being an ally? When was the last time you weren't allowed in a space because you were an ally? Never, never. And there's a saying that says, if, um, if, you're, if you're an ally, if you're not, if you're not being injured, then you're not a close enough ally. You're not standing close enough to the people being hurt. And yeah, I, I, I think, I think it really frustrates a little bit. Maybe it's, it's easy for people to say they're allies. Well, but- and I think for pride in particular, it's such a different way of honoring the community compared to like black history month mm-hmm. where both of these communities, you know, marginalized communities have a month that is dedicated to like existing. Yes. But there are no parties on black history month. There's no celebrations for black history month, at least none that are, you know, wide enough to. Well, I'm love seeing, I love seeing Juneteenth, uh, Juneteenth starting to really take traction. Yes. As a holiday and a thing to celebrate. Yes. But so far, like, ways in which we have honored and shown respect to marginalized communities have been, here's recognition. We'll teach about it in schools. Yeah. You know, there's, it's different. Whereas pride and we're not teaching about it in schools, but like, here's a whole month to go party. And so 
I think that it's easier for people to step into that. I'm an ally. I want to go have fun versus, you know, something like Black History Month where it's a lot harder to insert yourself. Yeah. Because that's not what it's for. You right. know, it's it feels like it's like learning. It's reverence. It's reflecting. You know, it's honoring and it's understanding, whereas pride doesn't feel like any of that. Well, and let me tell you, too, with the, with the influx of these out... I've had some people before tell me that the A in LGBTQIA stands for ally. And it's like, no, it, it doesn't. You're not actually part of our community. Though, back in the day, it could have. I, I, I disagree. When, I, when it was a lot less mainstream to be accepting, I think definitely put you in a different caliber but now at this point there's a lot more acceptance and so acceptance does not equal allyship exactly whereas before i think it did because there were community the queer community was so closeted and so separate from everything yeah that just being out and for in four gay rights made you a target of yeah and those allies were a lifeline yeah you know a, a, a person who you actually could exist in front of who was not necessarily in your community, but who was in your non-queer community. And I think here's here's the thing about um, allies. I'm I'm scared around people. Like I can't tell you how many people I've come across in my life. They're like, "Oh, I'm an ally," and I'm like, "I have no idea if you're safe or not. I have no idea if you, I can be around you or not." And so when you come to a space as an ally, a queer space, a place celebrating the existence of who you are. Uh, a little sketch sometimes there was there was a couple people i think at that paris pride where i'm like it's clear you're not queer it's clear you're not you know with a kid you know like a child or 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 a family member it's like i don't know that i want to be around you like there was that um there was that guy that we were standing next to in line at the the hollywood tower of terror and uh who's calling you my daughter keeps calling me. You're just so and popular. She, I, I I know. And she just wants to know. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but I will call her back later. Um, the so, guy who was obnoxious on the ride. Yeah. Yeah, but he was a cast member. So I think he was clearly a cast member. But I was a little ex- I was a little scared to exist by him. Well, he, it also he was a little drunk. He was a little belligerent. He was definitely intoxicated and ruined the experience of that ride for <laughs> That was one where I was like, if I only got to have gone on this ride once and I was on this ride with you, I would have been pissed. Yeah. Because you were, there's having fun and there's being obnoxious. And so rightfully so, you know, but that was the only thing I really experienced or noticed. But it makes sense for him because he was a cast member. So that was kind of his in was like, oh, this event's not for me, but it's where I work and I'm off. So I'm going to go. Yeah, that's fair. So there was other things that took place, though. At uh, Disneyland Paris. Well, I was going to say something. I guess we've moved on. No, what were you going to say? Well, I don't know. Where do we want to go? Where are we going with this? That's where you want to go? I mean, where do you want to go? Well, I don't know. I was just going to talk more about queer things. And we'll talk about, about queer, talk about queer things and then we'll talk about yourself. Well, I don't know. I feel like now we've moved on. We've we've gotten off that train of thought. The we've gone. crossed the Rubicon. Yes. So we went to Pride Night. We've talked about how it was different from Anaheim, what we've seen, what we think we've seen. Um, But then, you know, we ended up, I think, maybe taking Pride Night a little, little, what? Can you hear me? Much better now. Oh, 
Sorry, I'm in a weird position. Like that's why I said put it in front of you. I it doesn't come any further in front of me. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, but so we ended up on the day of Pride Night getting engaged. Yeah. Being you know those people. And apparently, apparently your engagement was ruined, though I didn't think it was. Why? Because you had you had this this plan. Oh, you, should, you, you shouldn't have told me the plan because it was just perfect the way it was. Oh, how okay. So, but here's the thing. So we both proposed to each other, and I think I was pretty clear about like I'd love to be proposed in front of the castle. Yeah, that's that would be my like you know if we're doing Disney, that's what we're doing. And so. I think that's pretty easy. <laughs> and I have spent a lot of time trying to think about, like, how am I going to do it for you? What's, you know, what's going to be special for you? How do I make it, like, unique? It's Disney. Maybe Disney isn't, like, your first place you'd want to get proposed to, you know. And every plan that I had fell through. <laughs> and so I it just ended up being one of those, oh, it's I have to do this. You know, this is the closest way to do it to any of the plans. And you know, we're not going to be here for much longer. So I just have to rip the bandaid off and do it, even though like, you know, it wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be for you. So that was very disappointing. Well, I don't think it was disappointing at all. Well, that's good. And it took place in a magical spot. So for us, I'm going to let you in on a little secret of Disneyland uh, Paris. Their Thunder Mountain is the best thunder mountain it's not a secret i already posted that on instagram okay while we were there the thunder mountain is the best thunder mountain of any thunder mountain that has ever been yes. and i would argue it's one of the best roller coasters i have ever been on ever it's it's so well themed it starts out by taking you under the lake to get to its own private island and the and the roller coaster is a private island it, yeah it's special you make it sound like this ride is at a resort on its private island. I mean, it kind of is. It's an island. I don't know how. It's, not like, a, it's not like a tropical island. Yeah, but private makes it sound like something other than what it is. Anyways, uh, so that's been that's been a big highlight for us. And so you propose in front of uh, Thunder Mountain. Every yes. time we've gone, we've always gone to the same spot where we can see the island and we can just take pictures and it's just gorgeous. And I really wanted to have gone on the ride beforehand so she had extra endorphins and was super happy and it was closed and oh, just it was just one failed idea after another. <laughs> Never failed so hard at Disneyland. There's only one place in the entire world that would have been better to propose. Where? You know. At a spot on the beach? There's a particular spot. Yeah, but I feel like we've talked about that before, and you were like, if we ever got divorced, it would ruin that spot forever. Oh, that's a good point. So, yeah, that's not actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, assuming this 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 engagement and marriage will never end. I can repropose to you <laughs> later on, because I would like a do-over. We'll do, we'll do our uh, 10th anniversary. Proposals? Proposals. And how long will it take us to do our 10th anniversary Somewhere proposals? Somewhere around our 20th year, probably. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not fast. <laughs> We're not very good lesbians. <laughs> so uh, then it came time for me to propose to you. Mm -hmm. And Disneyland Paris is interesting because the castle really is a thoroughfare. Like people walking through the castle. Which is how I think all of them are. Disney World is less through and more around, but still. Yeah. But um, so it was super busy. But they had this spot. They had this spot tucked away 
I think I, I'm going to call it the engagement spot. I think they specifically designed it for people to get proposed to in front of the castle because it's this little circle. It's very private. It juts out in front of the castle where if you're standing in front of the circle, it's like literally the perfect picture of the castle behind you. So usually there would be more traffic because that's how you get to the dragon under the castle. But it was closed. Yeah, but the circle was still off that path. Yes, yes. But yeah. there would have been more people coming and going than were well, than we were, we were there. Then we were fortunate it was closed. Yeah. So right there in front of the castle. Yep. And then we got champagne because they sell that at Disneyland. They do right there on Main Street. Yeah. It's fantastic. So that, was, that was fun. I was like, we need to do this just because. So let's see. After that, next day, we headed back to London mm-hmm. for our flight home. And just, you know, side endorsement, um, there's a restaurant off Oxford, uh, uh, near Oxford Circus called Head and Street. It's a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. And uh, I'm going to rant a little bit. I went to Hell's oh, Kitchen in Las Vegas and I ordered the Beef Wellington. It was the first time ever I was going to taste this. And I was so excited. Not a Beef Wellington, but Gordon Ramsay restaurant Beef Wellington. I've never had Beef Wellington before. Oh, OK. Yeah. So Never. And we went there and the appetizer was, this is Hell's, Hell's Kitchen in Las Vegas. The appetizer was kind of gross. They brought out the Wellington, which looks like it had been sitting under like a microwave for like an hour. My food was actually okay. The vegan food. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My food was not. And so I was so disappointed. I was like, I guess that's what, what it is. But then I heard about this uh, street cafe he opened up in London. It's and not a street cafe. It's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Um, they call it a street kitchen. And so it was casual. Like like, like we could have gone there dressed in shorts and t-shirts and, and everyone would have been fine. But we didn't. Right. We dressed up. And uh, uh, I ordered the Wellington. And I, and, it, and I saw the pictures online of this place and it looked nothing like the U.S. versions of Gordon Ramsay restaurant. Every single picture of anyone ever posted, I was like, oh my God, what is that? Oh my God, I want that. And so I go. And needless to say, Gordon Ramsay has been completely redeemed in my mind. <laughs> well, even you got a Caesar salad as an appetizer? I got a Caesar salad as an appetizer. That was the best Caesar salad I had ever had in my entire life. And we could have left then and you would have been happy. I would have been happy. Yeah. I mean, the soft boiled egg, incredible. Who would have thought full anchovies in a Caesar salad would taste good? They do. It was phenomenal. And then the Wellington came. And they only served Wellington for two. So it's a large portion. And and of course, only one of us was eating. Only one of us eats um, meat. And so I was like, okay, I'll take it anyway. Like, And they brought out this platter. And I didn't cry. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a crying moment. It was a pure joy to eat. It was, oh God, it was so good. It was so good. Anyways, Head and Street Kitchen off of, um, off of St. Regent Street, actually. It's on Head and Street, which is a little thing, and it comes off St. Regent, and it was phenomenal. And then the next day we flew back. Yep. And what did we fly back into? The, oh, that submarine thing was in the news nonstop. Russia, I swear to God, I thought there was going to be a coup. Uh, that turned out not to not to work out. Um, the hockey. The hockey, yeah. Well, first of all, the Vegas Knights took the Stanley Cup. Vegas Knights! Although that was on the way there. Mm. 
that mm-hmm. happened, I think. Mm-hmm. But and the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship. So yeah, but that's less exciting for me, at least. I don't know you. I don't care about the Nuggets. Okay, well they care about you. But the Knights, <laughs> good for them. And you know what? I feel like that them winning the Stanley Cup was redemption for me. Because I've only been in person to one hockey game in my life. Yeah, recently. And it was the Colorado Avalanche, who I jokingly like to call snowballs. (laughs) Because how is Avalanche a mascot for anything? (laughs) Versus the Knights. And this guy sitting next to me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to have fun. I'm like getting into it. You know. I don't necessarily know all the rules of hockey, but I'm like, yeah, let's see some fighting. Like, punch him into the wall. Let's go. <laughs> you know, that I can cheer for. I know what's happening there. Um, and this guy next to me was not having any of it. And he was texting people on his phone going, this girl next to me is so annoying. And it honestly made me never want to go to another hockey game again. Yeah. Because he was just such a dick. Yeah. And he really ruined the experience for me and when you know the avalanche started doing well he really made a point of like you know making these pointed jabs right not just celebrating but like really kind of sticking it in there yeah and apparently the knights are a team he hates the most and i'm like well why did you go to this game (laughs) so i feel like somewhere that guy is eating shit right now because they won. Yeah. So that's what I would like to think. That's that's redeeming, at least for for me. That is kind of an asshole move, or someone sitting next to you giving you shit for who you're cheering for. Right. And like you know, I I don't think I was being obnoxious. I don't. So that's one of those things. Like, um, I'm not a Rockies fan. Uh, I'm a, I am a baseball fan, and there are lots of teams I like in baseball. My my tried and true will always be Dodgers. They're my number one team. Um. I enjoy the Red Sox. I enjoy uh, the Padres. I love the A's. I love that the A's are going to Las Vegas and getting a new stadium because they deserve that. They deserve. But again, why do we got to put the stadium on the strip? Sorry, that's you just know my why own. It's gotta go there. My own gri- I don't even live there, and I'm griping about having to go to the strip. Needless, needless to say, there, there. I love baseball, and I love baseball in all its forms, and I've loved all the teams. I love the Cubs. Um, being a Dodgers fan, I'm not supposed to like the Giants, but the truth is, God, they have a nice stadium. It's right there on the coast, and it's oh, it's just a gorgeous stadium. And they have they're a good team. So I don't know. Anyways, Are you I like love, the I, the Padres? No, the um, not a big Angels fan, but I don't who, hate them. Who are the snowballs of baseball? The Denver team. Yeah, the Rockies. Oh yeah, yeah. You okay. like them? So. I grew up uh, going to Dodgers games a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, my grandparents had season tickets and they were right off first base and right off first base. They were super close. And so I've become accustomed to sitting by first base. For me, that's the best seat in the house. Uh, you can see the, you can see everything the best. I just, I, I love first base seats, but first base seats are typically home team seats and the visitors typically sit over by a third base. And especially here in Rocky Stadium, Rocky Stadium, there's a lot of lot of season ticket holders and fans. They always sit by first base, and the visiting but team fits on sits by third. I was really surprised, though, as a side note, when we went to see so many Dodgers fans at the Rockies game. And that's one of the great parts, which is so different from when I went to the Avalanche game, and I was one of like five people who had on anything Knights related. There, we were there, but 
we were sparse. Whereas even just, I think, look, when you were sitting in the stands at the baseball game, you could see other Dodgers the mix fans. of fans. Yeah. There was a there was You a absolutely force. could. Because Dodgers are one of those teams, like, not unlike the Yankees, not unlike the Red Sox, not unlike the Giants that have these national kind of fall fo- the Cubs um, that have these national followings. And so, uh, but what's great about that is when you sit in, and the reason why so many people go to those Rocky stadium, you can get on like first couple rows on first base for like a hundred dollars a ticket. Where in Los Angeles, that's $900 a ticket. So it's actually really economical, economical to go to in the Rocky stadium. Not unlike the giant stadium is beautiful. It is a baseball stadium. And it's a, it's a gorgeous stadium. So I love going to games there and seeing teams because it's just a great experience. And what I think is interesting, uh, there's an exception to this rule. And the exception to this rule is when the Giants play in Los Angeles and probably when the Red Sox play um, in New York. Um, Wait, the Boston Red Sox? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're rivalry teams. Oh, Okay. And in major cities, rivalry teams can get kind of heated and kind of nasty. But at least Rockies, if you show up to a, a us going to the Rockies game with Dodger stuff, no one's going to give you shit about that. They're going to josh you like, oh, man, you really missed one there. Huh? And it's like, yeah, like it's 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 friendly rivalry. And so I'm so bummed out hearing that when you went to that game, someone was actually mean to you about it. Like that's fucked up. I don't know. It wouldn't have happened if you were in Paris around courteous people. Yeah, but probably no one would be <laughs> cheering for anybody. To be fair, did I just pe- call people from Paris courteous? We'll we'll uh, we'll digress on that one. So, on that note, what, what, where this was going is, I didn't know this, but apparently the MLB, not no hockey. Well, MLB was first, and NL, NHL cited MLB for doing this. So apparently. Uh, before games start, there's always like a warm up process for the games. And a lot of the players during June or a lot of the teams will officially wear some sort of pride type um, paraphernalia. <laughs> Which they do before any sort of like themed game. Right. Exactly. So like uh, the the Coleman month, a lot of a lot of the players wear like pink socks or pink shirts or something like that for breast cancer awareness. And all these other things. And just during the warm-up. Yeah, just during just during the warm-up. Sometimes there'll be like a little like red red symbol or like a pink ribbon or something like that sewed on their uniforms for the actual game. But or they like project it. Like yeah. if it's hockey, I could see them on the on the ice. It's, it's a classy thing to do. It's letting them know, hey, us as a as a sport, we're aware that the world is going on and we want to let you know we have our support. And so uh in June, a lot of a lot of teams will wear pride paraphernalia um is it somewhat pandering to the queer community maybe but also it's hey we support causes let's support multiple causes and so the mlb uh this year or last said you know what uh we're not going to have our players wearing any pride related paraphernalia but for I, reasons of safety but is it also is it just pride or is it all of those special events they're just going to wear their regular practice stuff only pride stuff has been specifically singled out and targeted for baseball for baseball because what i saw for hockey was they weren't doing that for any of their events anymore Oh, I didn't see that. I saw, I saw it specifically rated to Pride. And the reason or the logic behind that was 
player safety. They didn't want their players subjected to harassment or or calls or or anything else for wearing things that could be seen as essential essential uh Ooh, so I was trying to fact check myself here and the first thing that comes up is a Vegas Knights pride jersey and I'm getting that. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Uh anyways, they were saying they're trying to doing it to try to protect the players. And I and to me, once again, that goes, uh, I just want to say, you fucking cowards. You fucking cowards. Um, NHL is supposed to be tough guys, or, or tough players at least, and they're not. They're so So this is, so CNN says, um, you know, as far as the NHL, saying that they weren't going to wear specialty-themed jerseys during warm-ups, including pride jerseys which follows the MLB's announcement last week that the teams would not put pride logos on players' uniforms after a handful of NHL players refused to wear pride sweaters or participate in their team's pride nights due to their personal beliefs. Some hockey teams opted to forego their planned pride night warm-up jerseys altogether. Um, And so the NHL says the commissioner's recommendation extends to all specialty-themed warm-up jerseys. So that's at least I, the NHL. That sounds to me like the, oh shit, we're going to get targeted out for throwing queer people under the bus. So let's say everyone. So it, it goes on to say, you know, they're still doing whatever, like their military nights, their cancer nights, their pride nights, um, but they're just not going to change their practice jersey. They're going to wear their regular practice jersey. Bowing to the pressure of extremists. And it is also up to individual clubs on what their promotional nights are. Which I'm sure I think is, that's the norm that hasn't changed. (sighs) Nevertheless, it's driving, it's, it's, it's nutty. We're losing support. We're losing national support and extremists are winning. Which is crazy though, because in this article, there's a picture of Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. And they have a, I'm assuming their colors are blue and yellow. Okay. And their logo is a buffalo and some swords. And around the logo, so the logo is a circle. Mm-hmm. Around the logo, in a circle that's, you know, maybe an inch thick, is a rainbow. It's like a half circle. Okay. And I don't, I don't even, yeah, that's that's the extent of the pride that I'm seeing on this practice uniform. That's That's it. You would have, I could have said that looks like a regular... Uniform. If I didn't, yeah, know what didn't we, know. the context of like this picture. Again, so. I, let's talk about the NHL players that refuse to wear it because of their personal beliefs. What is your personal belief that you think certain people shouldn't be allowed to exist? Like, what? What personal belief says I want people to not have equal access to healthcare, to tax benefits, to marriage, to like? What religion? I whatever. I don't want to go off on that one. Well, but. I I think what's frustrating though is, you know, they have so many other nights, and you don't see anybody saying, you know what? I really am anti-military. I don't like the idea of having a military or fighting or war. I like peace. I you know look up to Gandhi. I don't right. want to wear this uniform. Right. Like, and maybe the hockey is the wrong sport for like that person to exist, but you don't see people who say, oh, I, I don't want to support breast cancer awareness or, yeah. oh, I don't want to, you know, t- 
to participate in this other thing. It's, I don't understand how, I mean, I do understand, but I don't, how pride is so different from all of the other things, you know, because on any sort of normal day, do these players talk about or do anything for breast cancer? No. Right. Like, I mean, I would probably guess that the majority of them know, right? There's probably one or two who's been affected by it, whatever, like, but no. You know, do they do anything to support the military other than wear a military something on military night? No. And so just because you do this one night doesn't all of a sudden mean anything. Right. Because they're not big breast cancer supporters. They're not big military supporters. They're just like honoring and supporting people and providing space for people. Yeah. That's all that they're doing. And, you know, they're, I don't think that participation in that all of a sudden means you're a diehard going to fight for breast cancer for the rest of your life type well, of person. And let's talk about this. Let's talk about the rainbow. You have such a fucking problem with the rainbow. Take it up with your God that gives us rainbows every time it rains. Like, I'm sorry that's so offensive to you that celebrating the fact that people are different. And this is this, I don't know. We talk, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to keep this positive. We had a great time in Europe. We are engaged. High five. That Did y'all hear weird. that? That was weird. Okay. Well, hey, anyways, thank you for uh, joining us this week. I think we'll have more discussions on this in the future. Until then, this has been Wildly Querious with Dr. Vota and Master Freer. Yes. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, everyone. <laughs>